from the Carter Subaru Studios. This is Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. Welcome to Cairo Nights. I am your host, Jake Skorheim. Thank you guys so much for joining me. It is a Friday night show. I love Friday nights because we can just kind of do whatever we want. All my bosses are already on vacation, so they don't really care, which means that I can just have in my buddies. You guys really enjoyed this, uh, so I wanted to bring them back. Chris Sullivan, Nate Connors, welcome, guys. Great to be here. Oh, Thank so you, good And don't forget, I am technically a manager here, so Are I will be really? getting back to the All people right. that I are in charge of you. I didn't want to say it. I do manage the fine oh young Nate gosh. Connors. He, he's my manager. We were talking with royalty. I'm the miniest manager in the history of managers. Shh, I don't even get manager. invited to the big meetings, which is great. I'm really a player coach. I'm on, call- I'm on Nate's team with Mickey's team. We were, I'm a player coach. I yeah, love yeah, doing yeah. that. People call you Mr. Manager. It's just manager Chris. They probably just call you Chris. No, they probably just, no, they, yeah. They just call me, yeah. We call him the conduit man around yeah, here. Yeah, I'm a well, conduit, and I'm, I'm glad to do he's it. He's glad to do it. He's super glad to do it. Uh, <laughs> all right, but that guys, they're going to be playing that so after I can play I'm my dead. music for crying out loud, <laughs> guys. We are the three amigos. We are the three amigos. And amigos forever. You know, so, Chevy Chase is the only one who didn't age well out of those three. You know what? He 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 had some issues. I think he had some health issues. Oh, otherwise, otherwise, Martin Short, uh, no, nice. Martin Short doesn't does, age. doesn't look great. Oh, well, he never really did, did he? Yeah, I guess so. No, nah, he. I think people considered him. Uh, Steve Martin is gracefully going out. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah. I think I think people. Well, P- Steve Martin looks the same because he's been gray haired since he was ten years old. <laughs> uh, Martin Short. Martin Short to me still looks fine. I mean, yeah. he looks. Uh, I don't know. He looks fine. Probably looks his own age. Yeah, he looks. I his guess. Own age I, now. I guess our perspectives now, Nate and I, now that we're a little older, <laughs> yeah. everybody that it's like yeah, they still me, look the same age to, to me. me but I'm, I'm still so young. I'm, I'm still like old. a yeah, young TikTok person. Yeah, you're you know, vibe, like you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. People you're all full look of old. Vitality and vim and vigor. And Nate people. and I are like. I know. I see pictures of my friends on Facebook. I'm like, man, they look old. I'm like, oh, yeah. It's no. like, whose grandparents are that? Like, oh, geez, those are my buddies. No, I'm still in the middle of vi- I'm still vi- like vital vitality of I'm still getting I'm still getting my wife pregnant. So I'm pregnant. <laughs> Well, to be fair, okay, I'm not going to. Um, yeah, right, I saw a picture of my brothers who I took at Christmas. I looked at them like, who are those? Oh, ooh. not that they don't look great, but it's like, man, getting old is like, People whoa. really, people, re- we got a lot of text messages about having you guys on. Uh, we got a lot of emails. A lot of people seem to like it. I, eh, I wasn't so sold on it, but people really liked it. It gets whoa. the people going. It did get the people going. All right. Um, speaking of, I mentioned my wife a second ago. I thought you guys would like this story. This is, this happened this morning. And I thought this was funny. So I'm going to share this and then we'll move on to more important things. Um, my wife has been posting photo. I don't know where she's got these photos, but she's been posting these photos on this memory, uh, memories page. Like her town has grown so much that she grew up in. And so, you know, when towns grow, uh, parks get torn up mm. for housing developments and things like that. And so people post, you know, like pictures of, I, Yesterday. I never really heard of this, yeah. but this is yesteryear. Type Absolutely. Of thing. Yeah. So she's been on there and just like really enjoying it and having fun, uh, looking at, you know, all this old stuff and posting all this old stuff. And she comes out and, and she comes out to me this morning. She's, she sits down at breakfast and, uh, she goes, you know what? That memories page, she goes, it's actually a memorial page. And I'm like, what? The entire time she's been posting pictures of like, Hey, remember when we had a Jack in the box? Remember when we had a Denny's? 
it's for dead people. Oh, this page no. is only oh, for no. dead people. And so she's been posting on this. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, no. I'm like well, why didn't you pick up that all these pictures had RIPs next to them? Oh. And she just did. She's like, I don't know. I guess I just didn't notice. I guess RIP Denny's. Yeah. R- yeah. RIP movie theater. Exactly. She thought it was like RIP stuff in her town that's no more. But it was all. The, and, she, and, then, and then she starts telling me all the, about all these dead people that I don't know. So it's like hearing somebody's dream. Oh, I was how just like, crazy. Oh, huh? Interesting. How, it was, how? how does your wife just feel awful? No, she, I, she, she, she's fine with it. Okay. She yeah. posted several more this afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. She goes, while I'm here. Yeah. Uh, you guys know that yarn You guys store? remember that car wash we used to place. have? <laughs> yeah, whatever happened to yarns a lot? All right. Uh, that carpet sample place. <laughs> it was great. I miss that place more than I miss all these dead people. All right. Uh, let's get to, I get some trivia. I'm going to play this trivia. That's great. <laughs> You guys can't guess what I mean, you can guess, but don't t- say it out mm-hmm. loud for the audience. They need to guess on this. If you want to know the answer to this trivia question, and you guys are probably going to get this very quickly because uh, you guys are funny guys. Um, if you want to know the answer to this trivia question, listen at the start of the news roundup. You can make your guesses. You can also guess on the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line. And that number is 888-973-5476. I've been accused of saying it too quickly, so that's slow for my slower members of the audience. Here's the trivia clip. Good luck. Work on those tears, my man. All right, yeah. Say it for me one time. You make me happy. Happy. Love you, buddy. All right. You you guys know the clip? You know it? Yeah. All right, you know it. Yeah. (laughs) He wishes he didn't. Yeah, I did. Yeah. No, you don't wish you don't. That's one of my favorite movies. That's a good one. You know, it's probably not. Everybody says that too. It's not really high on my list. Many, but it's a good one. You know, I guess I probably haven't seen it a lot more often than yeah, I, you that should I watch it again. Have. It's a, it's a more modern version of Blazing Saddles and the fact that don't uh, say the, the name f- of it though. Right? Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that it uh, it's uh, so uh, not PC. It's yeah, not so PC. outrageous. <laughs> right. yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. And the movie was made. I, the movie doesn't get made today. I don't think that movie was made. I yeah, think I don't back think so. in the early 2000s, yeah. maybe like you know 2007, 2008, something like that. But. So funny. Still yeah. so funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Uh, yeah, check it out. All right, so hit me up on the text line if you guys think you know that one. All right, I saw this story, and I wanted to get your guys' perspective on this. You guys are both people. You work in the city of Seattle. I don't know if I don't know if any of us actually live in the city of Seattle. We have all since Mm-mm. moved out into various suburbs of the great city. Uh, so there's a Seattle restaurant owner, Jason Rance, over on our sister station, 770 KTTH, had this story. Listen to the headline. Seattle restaurant owner lost all faith in city after 23rd break-in. 23rd break-in. I don't know why 22 didn't tip him over the edge, but 23 seems to be the one. A popular Seattle restaurant suffered its 23rd break-in since the defund movement three years ago with police. Um, The city, uh, the Seattle restaurateur who asked not to be named because he didn't want activists showing up at his restaurant. He says the last time he tried to bring attention to the crime crisis... He suffered an avalanche of negative Yelp reviews. Um, he says, I have lost all faith in the city of Seattle, SPD, council members, and state elected officials. This was again on the Jason Ranch show. And then they described the footage. It happened on February 3rd. They described, uh, there's the, you know, there's uh, in-store footage of the break-in. Um, let's see here. Uh, shows a thief using what looks like a crowbar to break through the glass of the front door. The owner said the man was attempting to uh, enter for roughly 10 minutes before successfully making off, uh, sorry, before successfully making it in at about 6:45 a.m. 
At one point, he used his body to break through. In an incident report, the responding officer said the door lock and frame were violently uh, dismantled and dangling against the door. Something appears, uh, appears to have gone wrong with the alarm, so the alarm didn't actually go off when the burglar broke in. And then officers said when they arrived and they checked through the building, the burglar was gone, but he didn't really touch anything. He didn't take anything. Weird. So, so officers think he was actually looking for a safe in uh, the back somewhere. So he, there was alcohol, all sorts of things, you know, like easy things, things to grab. Things that you could grab pretty, yeah. yeah. But he didn't. Have you guys noticed, I mean, this is a little more serious conversation than we were just laughing about with uh, uh, our <laughs> our start. But uh, have you noticed in the city, you know, what do you guys think of all these burglars and break-ins? Well, I'll go first, uh, Nate, if you yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. The thing is, is, and it's unfortunate, Holly and I don't come down to Seattle. Yeah. Very often. Dude, one, it one, it takes a long time to get there from where we are in Snohomish County at that time of day. So it has to be, you know, an event like a ball game or something that were a special occasion. Something really where we meaningful. come down. Yeah. So I'm not as familiar as I used to be with, you know, all those places. But, you know, it's not just downtown. I mean, there are places all over our region that are being hit multiple, multiple, multiple times. A lot of them are, you know, some of the cash heavy, you know, marijuana pot shops and things like that. But a yeah, restaurant I feel, like I that, feel like I mean, every other day I'm reading about a pot shop that has sad. a car driving through it yeah that's sad i mean i'm not saying we holly and i avoid downtown because we think it's not safe no it's just you know we can hang out by us and not have a you know i can have a, my meal in me <laughs> but by the time it would have taken me to drive down yes. to seattle and you know by friday well, no, night when, when you're you know, thinking we're about... sleeping like in 20 minutes from now yes yeah <laughs> when you go to bed at 5 30 yeah. it becomes difficult working the morning shift and being my age yeah, it's really starting to take its toll on me. Have, have you, have you, has this uh, changed your behavior coming downtown? Oh, absolutely. Nate? Yeah. It, it, just for the touch on what Sully just said, it's it's a safety thing. You know, uh, I, I'm not comfortable walking around down. It could be any time of day. It's not just nighttime anymore in Seattle. Totally. And it hasn't been that way for yeah. a while. I mean, there's, I mean, let, let's just face it, there are unwell people walking the streets down there who need to be. Uh, taken care of, you know, yeah. in, in institutions. They need to figure out some services and quick. And you know uh, what? And, yeah. and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not the, the funding police. I think they've kind of given them funds back, right? It's just that they're having well, a problem hiring police. You, you now cannot get officers. But I do think that's probably a downstream effect of that defund the police movement. I mean, that's my yeah, personal oh, sure. opinion. Yeah, well, A couple years ago, when there's no support for the police officers, why would somebody want to come into a city? I think we all know police officers here at SB. I mean, I know several of them. Yeah, me too. And who have just said, yeah, well, at that point, Sure, the council has changed, and the you know the ideas maybe are changing. You know, the pendulum swinging back a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, they burned that bridge with me. Yeah, you know, I don't, f- I didn't feel respected. I didn't feel trusted. I'd I rather didn't feel, go be I'd a rather, cop in Kirkland. Yeah, I can go yeah. be somewhere else and maybe get better pay, and it's maybe not as. I mean, I can't say it's better or worse, dangerous wise. I don't know, but yeah, there's they feel disrespected on the front end, even though it was two years ago, three mm. years ago now. Yeah, they're like, yeah. I don't, you know, and my the people that I know too are also getting towards retirement age. They're kind of like, you know what? It's not worth it. They don't, right. they don't want me here. Okay, fine. You I'll take my retirement call today. I don't know why this ended up happening. Just like this, uh, yeah, I, I am just, I just know a ton of cops right now. My neighbor's a can, uh, a cop. He's a, a canine cop. Um, a bunch of my kids' friends, their parents at school used to be cops, and like I know three different uh, parents of my kids' friends who we have now gotten close to, because that's kind of how you become friends with people. Like once you have kids, you just become friends with their friends' parents. And they have left various 
uh, agencies, you know, police departments, uh, uh, sheriff's offices, because in the middle of all that, they were just like, we're not getting the support that we need. Uh, the, the calls that we're having to respond to now are much different than they used to be and just not what everybody dreams about when you grow up dream about being a police officer or mm. firemen. Firemen are dealing with the same thing. Uh, but yeah, that was a crazy story. You know, EMTs are also feeling the same thing too because they're now on the front lines. You know, with you know with overdoses and trying to deal with nar- having you know, to walk Narcan around with Narcan and, yeah. and being you know afraid to for their own safety while they're trying to help someone mm-hmm. being attacked themselves. Yeah, so it's all first responders. I mean, heck, I even talked to some tow truck drivers that are in similar things where the you know things go over the edge and here they are and they're, yeah. they're stuck in the middle of a situation they never would have envisioned. Crazy. It's crazy. It really is. All right. Um, all right. Let's move on from that one. This is actually kind of related to that one, though. Did you guys hear about that? Uh, James Lynch had the story. I then reached out to the guy and got him on my show. Uh, that machete. 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 Did you see that guy? Yeah. Uh, he had a uh, store. His uh, store, I think it was called the uh, Selena One Convenience Store or something down in Tacoma. He was getting break-ins all the time, stuff we're talking about right now. And he decided he was done with it. And when... A recent robber came into a store. I think it was on February 5th. This guy comes in, sticks a knife across the, you know, there's camera footage of this. If you want to see this, go to MyNorthwest.com. You can watch the video. It's actually really entertaining, and it will warm your heart if you're anything like me. Uh, This guy sticks a knife across at this 70-year-old guy who owns a shop and working behind the counter at this convenience store. So what does this 70-year-old dude do? He pulls out a machete. Yeah. Fat, long machete, and he just says, uh, you think that's a knife? This is a knife. He literally says those words, which I thought was fantastic. I talked to the guy and I asked him about it. Uh, your store was robbed, and is this is this a pretty common problem for you? It's happened a couple of times, yeah. Is it generally over like low price items, or are they holding you up and asking for money at the register? Yes. They're pulling knives on you. Is that right? Yes. James has in this story, and this just this warmed my heart when I saw this. You decided if they're going to bring a small knife, you're going to get a bigger one. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, machete. That's you, a big one. You got a big machete. That's right. I, I watched the video. The video's on MyNorthwest.com. You can actually go and watch this. Uh, the Tacoma Police Department released this video. They posted it up on Facebook, so we uh, we put it on the MyNorthwest site. And what it looks like is you have somebody who's standing across from you at the register. It looks like you guys are talking for, for like a minute or so. What was happening there? Well, he pulled the knife, and he looked. This is a uh, holdup. He said, it's a robbery. Understand? I said, yeah, I understand. I look at the knife. I said, well, I'm not with this knife. But when I pulled this, I said, this would be called knife. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, just uh, freeze. He back up and fell down on the floor. He was so scared. Are you a Crocodile Dundee fan? <laughs> I love that movie. I watch it many times. <laughs> I can tell. Isn't that great? Are you, and he's like, he's like, yep, I love it. I've seen it a bunch of times. And your wallet. Nick, give him your wallet. What for? He's got a knife. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. What I love about <laughs> this guy, his name is uh, Nafe Ketterman. He owns the shop, uh, that shop down in Tacoma. He's 70 years old. His wife is there with him. And this punk robber comes in with this tiny little knife. And Nafe just stands over him with a machete. His wife has to stop him from doing anything to the guy. And they, all Nafe was going to do, he told me, he said all he was going to do was hold the, hold the machete to the guy, wait till the cops got there. But his wife was so scared, 
for the robber because she knows her <laughs> husband's a yeah. boss that she that it provided a moment for the robber to get out of there. He then ran away. And then I asked him, because if you've seen Cro- Crocodile Dundee, she's obviously very uh, she's very happy that he fought this guy off, and uh, I think she likes it. So I said, uh, did your wife have a similar reaction? Here's a quick question for you, a little side note, because I'm, I'm a married man as well. Was your wife pretty impressed that you fought him off with that machete? I mean, I saw what happened in Crocodile Dundee. Is that the same situation for you? Oh, yeah. Was she, was she swooning when you finished that? She thought, this is a man. Uh, yeah. She's proud of me, old man, you know? <laughs> She's it, proud of me. His name is Knife? Ironically, it's it's. I think it's pronounced either knife or knife. I think it's pronounced knife. <laughs> wow. Or knife. Maybe knife. You said knife. Yeah. Okay. Naif, yeah. So, so what does knife do when someone pulls a gun? Yeah, out that's him, my big well, concern. Is okay, so, using another movie lyric like you don't bring a. You, you don't know, bring a machine to, to a gunfight. Yeah. I don't know what he's got back there. He feels very confident. I would not be surprised at all if he was well protected. Yeah. He seems like a guy who can handle his business. So in other words, he's got proportional response. He's Yeah, somebody brings a tiny <laughs> he knife, a he's, knife, got, he's, a got, he's knife. got a bigger knife, somebody yeah, brings so in a gun. He's so maybe his a, middle name is Gun. I, maybe it, Rocket Launcher. <laughs> I mean, Knife Rocket Launcher. He was just, <laughs> what was so crazy though, I was like, I didn't know if he was going to pick up the phone. I just got his number and I <laughs> looked him up. You can he's still at work. He was coming in and out of the office. You heard the ding dong. Yeah, into the that's when we ended the, the interview because he. I was like, well, it sounds like you got a customer. And he's like, yeah, I got to go. And I was like, all right, well, thanks for chatting. That's awesome. Yeah, he was good a cool, for him. He was a great so dude. Great. great dude. All right, uh, that's it, guys. That's the three amigos. Thank hey, you guys so much for well, hanging out. No, this is great. We'll I do love, it again next week. I love Fridays. Yes, yeah. let's let's keep this rolling. Yeah, awesome. this, this will be a lot of, lot of fun. Let's give I, the you people know, and what as I said, want. I'll be asleep in twenty minutes. There you go. Probably. Now, can we put this on the resume? I mean, is this something you put on your resume? You're part of the Three Amigos. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. 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 The Friday yeah, yeah. night dad talk. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know if we can actually coin the Three Amigos. I think. So, I, oh, I, that's right. I, I yeah, think somebody else already owns that. Said but that, we can but come up with something else. We'll come up with something else. Dad talk. I like dad talk. Dad talk is good. We're gonna keep working on it. Okay. All right. We got a lot more. Coming up on the show, Maddie B. Tell the good people what we've got. All right, on tonight's edition of Cairo Nights, joining us from the wilds of the club, it's John Curley from my Northwest with the week's top stories, Steve Coogan. Also from 710 Seattle Sports, Mike Lefko with a new edition of Score Time with Scoreheim. And of course, we'll have the news roundup for you. It's a thrill packed Friday show, so don't touch that dial. You don't know where it's been. Keep it locked to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I have a very special guest. I don't often get a chance to talk with this guy. It is a pleasure anytime I can. He's a pro. Everybody loves him. John Curley, welcome to the show. I feel like I want to do what Dana White did the other day when he was on with Howie Mandel after the introduction. What happened? Howie you're, Mandel, you're, he's the guy that hates germs, right? Yeah, but Dana White from UFC fighting. Yeah, he doesn't mind germs. Here, watch what he did. Okay. Dana White, you are an amazing guy. You are, I can't thank you enough for being here. Uh, you and Ginger seem to be getting along. Um, you are not only an amazing businessman, you are an inspiration. You are a philosopher. The way you do business, the way you uh, conduct your business and your friendships and media is... Uh... Jeez Louise, they're not going to sleep together, are they? This is... this end, This is. Uh... You'll see. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm jealous, and but Dana, I can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you for all the kind words. I appreciate it. I, I am so f- tired of doing podcasts. It's 
I, I'm literally done with him. I'm not doing any more podcasts. <laughs> he took the headset off and walked out. No, he didn't. Are you joking? He actually did? That wasn't just like a joke. I'm so sick and tired of doing podcasts. And then he went like this. To Howie Mandel? Why would he do that to Howie Mandel? I mean, that guy, he oh, hates really? germs. Oh, okay. Yeah, would, that's a, yeah, that's a reason. To he wears that. gloves everywhere. Where, why would he do that to him? He's so sick of podcasts. He was so sick of being there. He's like, All wow. Howie Mandel was doing was saying how nice he was. He goes, yeah, I respect you as a businessman. I, I, I tell you, <clears throat> I heard it a couple times. I think what happened was he just realized, what am I doing? Why am I here? And the, the intro sucked and he's kissing his rear end and he's like, you're an amazing guy. You do this. You've got that. You're doing this. You're doing this. You're a genius. Yeah. And I think he's like, he just felt like, I'm going to be bored. This guy's boring. I'm bored. I don't want to be a part of this. Okay, John. But that's not you. No, no, no. no. You're my buddy. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure. Yeah. No, no, Jeez, no, 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 no. Now I'm feeling. Just, I'm just, this is a cautionary tale. Just yeah, be careful when you introduce Just be somebody. careful. Don't be too. Obsequious. Don't be too over the top. Obsequious. Obsequious is a better word. That's for smart people. All right. Do you, <laughs> do, I want to play you this clip because you're a man of, John, you're a man of business and you know a lot about everything. I understand I want, economics. You understand economics. All right. So Representative Barbara Lee, she's a congresswoman. She's a Democrat. She's from California. Currently, right now, she is seeking uh, the open, I believe it's Diane Feinstein's Senate seat that's open in California. So she's running against a couple other people. Adam Schiff, I believe, is one of them. I think Katie Porter is the other one. They were having a debate hmm. earlier in the week. Diane, I'm sorry, not Diane Feinstein. Barbara Lee was talking about the importance of having a living wage. That's kind of a term that people like to use these days. Her living wage is quite high. So I want to play this for you, and I want to get your sense of whether or not this would work. Here it is. You're calling for a $50 an hour federal minimum wage. That's seven times the current national minimum wage of $7.25 an hour. Can you explain how that would be economically sustainable for small businesses? You have 60 seconds. First, let me say I um, owned and ran a small business for um, 11 years. I created hundreds of jobs, benefits, retirement benefits, also health care benefits. I know what worker productivity means, and that means that you have to make sure that your employees are taken care of and have a living wage. In the Bay Area, I, I believe it was- Is that what worker productivity means? The United Way came out with a report that uh, very recently, $127,000 for a family of four is just barely enough to get by. Another survey very recently, 104000 for a family of one. I'm going to pause it there real fast. Have you, uh, when I was growing up, we just referred to that as a single person. I didn't know that was a family of one. Is that a thing now? Well, if you uh, are identifying as a multi-souled person. Oh, like a schizophrenic. Well, we don't like to use that term anymore. We don't use schizophrenic? I'm sorry. Multiple personalities. Thank you. Okay. Barely enough to get by low income because of the affordability crisis. And so just do the math. Just do the math. Of course, we have national uh, minimum wages that we need to raise to a living wage. You're talking about $20, $25, fine. But I have got to be focused on what California needs and what the affordability factor is when we calculate this wage. The bell was loud. That was like a boxing bell. Uh, so $50 an hour. Yeah. Uh, two things I learned there. That's a lot of money. It actually ends up being around 100000 So a minimum wage job in California, if she gets her way, $50 an hour. Let's say your average employee working at see, but, but already, McDonald's see, but or Already you fell for it because there's a difference between a minimum wage right, and a livable wage. Well, she, this, she wants this to be the minimum wage. Right, but she uses those words back and forth. So a livable You're right, wage. Those are different things. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So she she's calling for a $50 an hour minimum wage. And 
what yes you you're right minimum wage uh, living wage two different things let's say the minimum wage that she gets her way that would be over $100,000 a year if somebody worked full time right for a minimum wage job so like a 16 year old who grib- grabs a job at McDonald's yeah. they're making six figures sure that's pretty good for 16 yeah, that's great. Here's what happens. Um, let's say they're 24 years old. So we'd act this out. So if somebody, because there is uh, pressure from the bottom up. So it goes like this. If she got her way, the person comes in and gets $50 an hour. Then the manager walks in. I'd be the manager, assistant manager. I say, hey, uh, no, Jake. No, you're the manager. Oh, I'm, oh yeah, I'm going to do the I'm going to do Yeah, this. I think you're, clearly, okay. you're not the So I'll be the manager. So you would come in and say, hey, uh, Derek just Jarek's getting fifty dollars an hour, and I'm his I'm his manager. Yeah, and then the, I mean I, that's crazy. I'm not even making fifty. So then the boss goes, oh, oh yeah, 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 right. Uh, we are all making fifty now. <laughs> no, not that move. But no, then the boss would go, the assistant manager. Why am I getting paid less than the guy I'm managing? Oh yeah, you're right. You know what? I'll take you up to $75 an hour. Well, that's pretty good. Right. That's he leaves. Good. That's over then, 150 grand a year. All right. Then the next guy walks in and goes, hey, I just talked to Steve in the hallway. He says he's making 75 an hour now. I manage that guy. Yeah. So chain of command. I taught Steve how to exactly. do that job. Yeah. Uh, I, I need at least $100 an hour. So that's, now, over, that's over 200 grand a year, John. That's a little bit of wage. So now we got the one manager making 100 The other guy's making 75 The new hire makes 50 So when the, the cost to run that business... Right now, what does a hamburger cost? A hamburger is now. I figured it out. I think it's like fifty six dollars. Pretty good. But it's good. But in, but it's California. We're not charge extra for the. We ketchup. expect things to be really expensive in right. California. Right. So we kind of expect that there. But the, the, this woman says that she ran businesses. Okay, she's been in Congress since nineteen ninety eight. So that's twenty five years ago. It was four dollars an hour. What you got paid on there? If she really believes, I don't know when the last time she ran a business where she's paying anybody. But for somebody to come in there and say that to mandate or legislate and make legal that $50 an hour. Do you know the history of the minimum wage? I don't. I would love to hear it. We have a, we have about a minute left, but I'd love to hear the history of the minimum wage. So in the 1930s, uh, black workers were leaving the South. It was the, the largest uh, migration in the United States from the 20s, 30s, and 40s and 50s. Almost 7 million black workers left the South and came, to the, came north. And Roosevelt was faced with a lot of union uh, bosses that said, hey, we don't like these black guys coming up here and taking these jobs because they're doing it for like 25 cents. You got to do something. So Roosevelt comes up with the idea of the minimum wage. The origins and the genesis of the minimum wage was racist. It was a way of stopping employers from hiring black workers. I had no idea that That's was the That's the history of the minimum wage. That's the government stepping year, in. What year? About 1936, 1930s. I think, was minimum wage through Roosevelt. So we're talking about FDR, not Teddy. Not Teddy. Not Teddy. Teddy wouldn't do that. Yeah, I Teddy wasn't so. receiving a brown paper bag filled with cash every month from his parents the way Roosevelt was. That's uh, that's. So a there's lot. the history. When you hear people talk about the minimum wage, history. it's a third party, which is the government stepping in and determining the value of you as the worker and telling the uh, employer what that person must pay that other person based upon the government's value of that. And what? the entire origin of it was 
and still is racist. I'll it's tell to you what. block out somebody else. I'll tell you what. If Barbara Lee gets her way in California, I think California is going to have a little bit of a gold rush boom. That's pretty good money. A lot of folks are going to be heading down to California, which is great because they're losing a lot of people right now. Thank you for coming in, man. I'm glad I stayed. Let me. I'm just going to be effusive in my praise as I send you <laughs> off here. Come on. I'm just kidding. All right, we got a lot more coming up on the show. Stick around. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. All right, I got two stories, and they both have one thing in common. Uh, should I just tell you what the thing is in common first, and then I will tell you the stories? And I don't want you guys to think that I'm a pervert, some kind of a weirdo. I don't go on this website, but this has been in the news, so I wanted to cover it. And wanted to, I want to bring this to you guys because, it, I don't know, maybe, maybe you're interested in it. I have no idea. Both stories have to do with OnlyFans. Do you know what OnlyFans is? OnlyFans is a pornography pro- website. Basically, it's an adult subscription service website. According to Wikipedia, it is an internet content subscription service used primarily by sex workers. This is from Wikipedia, who produce pornography, but it also hosts the work of content creators, such as physical fitness experts and musicians, although I don't think they're the ones bringing in the big bucks. Um, content on the platform is user-generated and monetized via monthly subscriptions. You can also give these people tips for doing certain things. There's like live pay-per-view showings. I think people can actually uh, request. So, you know, if somebody has a favorite song and they want to text one or, uh, you know, send a message to their favorite musician, this musician might then play them the song. That's how it works. Uh, All right. So in Florida, there's a woman who claims her kids were actually kicked out of their private school because she is on OnlyFans. WFTV in Florida sets up the story. New at six, it's OnlyFans versus angry parents. A local mom put her OnlyFans account on her car to try and draw some more attention to her online subscription-only business. But that's not the only thing this OnlyFans ad attracted at her children's private Christian school. All right, so what happened was basically you have one mom at the school who is sick and tired of driving up behind this other mom and reading her ad every single day posted on the back of her car that advertises her OnlyFans account. This is what I am looking at when I pull up behind one of these vehicles. She posted that online, including some pictures of the vehicle, and she says the decals are huge. They cover the entire rear window. Not just a tiny, tiny little emblem on the back of a car. It is taking up the entire windshield, back windshield of two vehicles. So WFTV, they reached out to Michelle Klein. Michelle Klein is the uh, woman on the website. Uh, She's the one with the OnlyFans account and she talks about her uh, website. Well, it's definitely linked to, you know, explicit content, adult content for sure. Klein, who goes by Piper Fawn, says OnlyFans is her business and way of life. My husband and I had this, you know, little wild, you know, behind closed doors lifestyle that we've now decided to share. Just decided to share. And not for free. They're making some money on it. They're making like 20 grand a month. So pretty good money. Uh, But she says, yeah, the school reached out to her and said, we can't have you coming into the parking lot anymore. And they asked her to take it off. The sticker, that is. I was forced to have to, um, you know, take it off or not come on campus. What she decided to do actually was leave the sticker on the car and instead park across the street from campus. So she wasn't technically on the school property. And uh, the reporter said, hey, why don't you just take the decals off? 
Mm -hmm. Why not take the decal off? And that would seem like an easy thing to say, for sure. But for me, you know, it's, it supports my family. This provides a, a very comfortable way of life for us. And it's legal. You know, I pay taxes just like everyone else. But I'm not breaking the law. I just offended people. So Klein and her husband, they filmed this uh, content for their OnlyFans page. Again, they made $20,000 a month before this story took off. It's obviously a huge national story now. I imagine she's making quite a great deal more than that. But the upset mom at the school, at the Christian school where her kids attended, I think it's a Baptist school, actually. She said, uh, which is still a Christian, I understand that, but it's Baptist. Um, she, uh, the, One of the upset moms at the school says, listen, this is just a massive distraction for her teenage kids. Every single day, the first thing they see when they come onto the school campus is this big ad for porn. And she just wasn't happy about it anymore. That's a distraction to my children. And no matter how poorly or how good I parent, porn is there. And if that's kind of the first thing they're seeing when they're going into um, a place that should be educating them. So uh, Michelle Klein, again, she's the mom who's actually creating the adult content. She says that the school has reached out to her and let her know that they will re because they actually kicked her kids out of the school. Uh, they said they will let her re-enroll her kids or at least consider re-enrolling her, re her kids if she does two things. Number one, she needs to take the decals down off of her car. And number two, they said that she needs to terminate all of her pornographic websites. And if she does those two things, then they will consider letting her kids back in the school. What's a real bummer here is, you know, it doesn't sound like this lady's doing anything illegal. I understand also, though, why the school is upset. It is a religious school. They frown greatly upon <laughs> pornography, especially because it is a religious school for young kids when they're trying to, you know, make some of these, uh, get some of these messages to stick. They might be saying, hey, you know, you need to stay away from this kind of stuff. So when one of the parents is driving into the school with a big giant ad for her OnlyFans page, I understand why the school finds that to be quite a distraction. So uh, right now it's unresolved. I am sure at some point, not sure, but likely there'll probably be a lawsuit or maybe Michelle Klein and her husband are just enjoying all the press and now they can enjoy their spicy bedroom uh, and probably make a lot more money doing that, all that stuff, because I bet you they got just a ton of new people interested in their site since the story exploded all over the internet. All right, uh, we actually ran out of time. That's only one OnlyFans story. I will tell the other one later. It's a very interesting one. But for now, we got to go. We'll be right back here. We got a lot more stuff, so you should hang out. I got to go take a quick commercial break, but I will be right back. So stick around. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights.